Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a fact-filled episode of the Watson's Daily Podcast. It is Thursday morning, and that means it's the most exciting day of the week for a commercial owner fan. <laughs> and Instagram Live Day. Um, there you go. If you don't know too much about that, stay tuned to the end of this podcast, and we'll tell you a little bit more about it. Uh, but for now, it gives me great pleasure to introduce Peter Watson once again. Good morning, Peter. Hi there, Duncan. How are you doing? I think brilliant, and I'm I'm pumped. I am pumped today to talk about commercial awareness because we got some good stuff today. I mean, we always do, right? But but today, I don't know. Apologies for anyone um, uh, today because the the um, uh, Watson's Daily was out late uh, this morning. But just because there was so much interesting stuff today um, that you know my tiny brain um, you struggle, you know, was overheating slightly. So, um, but anyway, here we are, um, and yeah, I think that. Um, actually, it was overheating so much, I needed to cool down slightly. So I think that um, Duncan um, can, can start talking today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'll just second that. It is a, a fantastic edition of Watson's Daily today. There's so much good stuff in there. Um, so it, I'm not surprised it took a little bit longer to get out than, than normal. Um, today, I really want to talk about Airbnb. Um, <laughs> where, where to start? Um, First of all, the IPO today at a, a price that is again above um, above what was originally predicted, what was originally forecast. Uh, it's kind of following a pattern, really, because DoorDash did a, a similar thing yesterday. Um, or, or, although, granted, with a massive, massive uh, increase in price on the DoorDash one, and the Airbnb thing just interests me because obviously um, it is just kind of following this trend of IPOs floating at a higher price than originally forecast. Mm. I was just kind of wondering where, where you see this going in terms of future, future IPOs, future values of these companies. And, and that looks, sort of like, looks like it's moonbound. <laughs> it what, does a little bit, doesn't it? It's, it's an exponential curve. It just goes straight yeah. up. I mean, it is amazing. Um, so DoorDash, uh, DoorDash's IPO. Um, so at the beginning of the week, we saw. Um, so, what tends to happen with with IPOs is, uh, to cut a long story short, you eventually get to a a range. Okay, you get to a price range where you think, yes, this is where we're going to price the price the shares um, on the on the day of the flotation. Uh, and during the um, yeah, so during the roadshow, sort of the pre-IPO roadshow, um, the companies concerned go to the different investors and say, look, this is a price range, you know. And that usually what happens, and this is kind of just just is uh, from an admin point of view, because um, I had to do this right, so I had to ask. So what would happen is you'd have the IPO, uh, you know, the company going around to see all the in- investors, and then um, you know someone like me would have to go back to the investors and say so you had this meeting with them what do you think uh, what you know what what are you thinking of doing and then you then ask them what the sort of price date they would pay um and some of them say yeah you know i'll be i'll be fine um you know with 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 whatever uh, you know, I'm quite relaxed about it. Others would say, "Well, I don't know. Might, might, I, I might be interested at the lower end." But clearly, um, you know, this was not the case, and it, 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 um, it was very popular um, with with uh, with investors. And so, anyway, so basically, what they've done is they they decided the range. They raised the range at the beginning of the week. Um, DoorDash um, floated yesterday. It went up a massive. So, despite being already up above the original price range it went for uh, it went up a massive 86 percent on the first day um and it just goes to show how frenzied 
um, the investors are feeling at the moment. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, it, I would I would say that Airbnb is going to be also extremely popular. I mean, if the fact is that they've they've put this uh, new, you know, this new price at sixty eight dollars per share as opposed to the fifty six to sixty dollars they were indicated at at the beginning of the week is pretty amazing. So um, although valuation, you, you do wonder about valuations here. Um, I think that this is going to be going to be powered up very much by, um, by sentiments as well. Yeah, absolutely. obviously we don't know, we don't know, but yeah, sorry. Go, go obviously ahead. things like, I mean, you mentioned DoorDash I mean, their actual increase in, in, in this kind of flo- floating price took the um, company valuation from something like 15 billion up to 39, didn't it? Which is a massive, mm. massive change. And mm. do you think off the back of the success of that one, that the Airbnb one will follow a similar sort of pattern and that be very successful? Or? I would have thought so. Certainly <clears> if the way, um, you know, the sentiment, the sentiment continues to be, uh, continues to be the same. So I think I think it will be it will be interesting. But the the one thing I would say, um, the slight the slight potential uh, cloud on the horizon for Airbnb is that if they do if they're be seen to be doing too well, um, there seems to be a, a, a momentum building against them. Um, because I think that um, a lot of local authorities um, and, and governments even um, are very wary about Airbnb because it basically takes away business from hotels. And I think that um, in the past, there have been varying degrees of, of animosity. But given what has happened, um, you know, the effect of coronavirus on the hotel industry as a whole, I really would have thought they are going to be, the hotels are going to be absolutely militant on this and say, look, don't encourage Airbnb because, you know, they're just individuals and they can probably afford, you know, it's just hiring out a spare room or whatever. Mm. Um, Whereas we are a big industry, we've been hit hard and um, we employ people. So make sure that you, you know, protect us. So if that is the case, if they, if, if that is actually the case, then I think that would mean that um, the upside, the ultimate upside of Airbnb may be curtailed somewhat, especially in big cities, um, you know, but, um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But I think short term wise, it seems that the, the sentiment continues to be very strong. And if it is, I mean, you know, it looks like it will be a, a raging success tomorrow. Uh, today, even. Today, yeah. well, it's today. It's today. That's the thing because it's in America. So, yeah, it's later on today. Absolutely. And it'll be, it'll be interesting to see kind of the knock on effect of that kind of success of Airbnb to the economy because like you said it is it does impact directly on our hotel trade which like i said employs lots of people and puts money almost directly into the economy and on the flip side because of the contractor type relationship that airbnb work on it's a lot more Mm. difficult for contractors to reach the kind of standard tax threshold so it's a lot more Mm. difficult for governments to recoup money that way isn't it it is it is uh, and I know that's another another really interesting story in, in today's Watson's Daily is about Airbnb and Uber and that kind of potential tax rate to try and recoup some of, and kind of plug the hole in the economy caused by the pandemic. Mm. But it's really difficult um, for governments to recoup that money from when um, companies work with contractors like that. That's right. That's right. So, no, it's very, it is a very interesting subject. And I think that, um, as I say, that the, 
the uh, I would have I would expect um, I, I would have thought that, that the people behind Airbnb um, are going to be really loving the fact that DoorDash was so successful, and they are going to be rubbing their hands uh, with glee and potentially, uh, you know, phoning up the Lambo garage and just saying, you know, uh, let's have a couple of those Aventadors uh, on standby um, to to splat, you know, they'll splash the cash on those. Uh, but anyway, I do think that it's going to be. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a, it's going to be a good one, and it's also all this basically all this kind of sentiment fuels more and more IPOs. So mm. what happens is all companies see this and they go, "God, we want a, we want a share of that, we want a share of that." So they they just you know they they will try. There will be many companies who will try to do an IPO and um, uh, and to take advantage of this because what they want is they want to raise money for themselves and sort of for their shareholders as well, I guess. But you know they want to raise money primarily for themselves. And if if you are um, you, you want to be IPOing in a in a market like this um, to see your to see your share uh, your shares go go through the roof. Mm. Um, so there'll be more of the, there'll be more of this. And then what I bet you what will happen is there'll be a dud. <laughs> and uh it will all fall uh and you know until and and if there's then another dud um then it will you know it will it will get quite serious um but in the meantime i think we're on the upturn anyway definitely and there's some people that this this spike particularly with airbnb looks really good for isn't there because it's not been that long since um, airbnb was bailed out by private equity so they must be rubbing their uh, rubbing their hands together now looking at the money yes Exactly, because the thing is, they um, early on in the pandemic, um, everyone panicked, especially with, with Airbnb, because um, you know obviously people were travelling, international travel just stopped. Um, but then um, at that point, um, you know, private equity money came in because they thought that Airbnb would, you know, would be able to weather the storm. Um, and you can imagine the. I'm sure that the rate that they bought in at would have been way lower when that we are now. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I don't know what the lockup um, arrangements are because sometimes in in IPOs, uh, early investors um, and or management it's usually management actually, but um, are they they have uh, something that's called a lockup, so they are not allowed to sell their own shares for a pre-specified uh, period. Um, because the thing is, what you don't want in an IPO is the chief exec to sell his 50% shareholding on the first day, for instance, mm. because that, you know, people then think, oh, hold on, does he know something that we don't? Um, and then the stock, um, everyone starts selling the shares and then you get the hedge funds shorting the shares and, and it just all goes into a downward, downward spiral. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting, but certainly they will be able to crystallise at least some of the money that they put in um and um you know they surely they will be making absolute massive um upside here so um so it's you know they they're good but then then again you do you know they will say that we deserve um this big upside because we took um we took the big risk when things were looking really bad um so yeah absolutely you reap what you sow don't you and they took that exactly. they took that risk that actually links quite nicely yeah. into the last the last question I want to ask you about uh, airbnb yeah. which is obviously with this, uh, with the IPO floating at a higher price than expected, um, what do you see happening in terms of future value of the company? Do you reckon that it's going to be fairly stable, or could there be instability? Does it depend on who who invests uh, at the IPO? Or? Um, I think that it's 
I don't, I don't, I don't really, you know, I don't know for sure, but I mean, I would have thought that um, sentiment is, is, you know, is going to power them forwards. Um, I have said before, and I will maintain that I think that Airbnb are going to be a winner mm-hmm. um, initially, because I think that um, while we have COVID restrictions and, um, uh, you know, behaviours like, you know, having to wash your hands every five seconds, wearing a bit, you know, wearing a mask, um, not breathing in other people's air, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, going to a hotel is quite frankly a massive hassle. Mm. Um, whereas going to an Airbnb, you know, open the door, bosh, you're in. Um, you don't have to worry about walking part too close to someone in reception, you know, whatever. You don't have to worry about that. So, I think that um, initially there's not going to be loads of air travel and international travel because um, there will be lots of different restrictions in different parts of the world. So I think that people who are hankering for a uh, a holiday will still be holidaying domestically. Uh, and if they're doing that, they'll they'll I would have thought you're probably more likely to go to a B and Airbnb than you are to a hotel. Yeah. I, I would argue, you know, and um, and so I think that in the early stages, Airbnb will do really, really well. However, the more people get get um, uh, vaccinated and the more travel restrictions are lifted, then I think there will be a humongous shift um, of people, you know, sort of basically running, a, just desperate to go abroad. Mm. But even then, you know, Airbnb will do well then because the that means that the international travellers, so they won't just have domestic um, travellers anymore. It will be domestic and international travellers. So I think that they st- certainly stand to do well at the beginning. And I think that they will continue to do quite well. But like I say, the problem will come when um, uh, if they're doing too well and the local authorities really start cracking down on them. And that will clip the upside, I think. Lovely. So, yeah, it could, it could be a, a profitable, uh, certainly kind of immediate future for Airbnb then and anyone that invests. That's a, imagine, good yeah. news for them. Um, so, yeah, well, how, why don't you tell us about a, a, a different story that you found particularly interesting this morning? Um, yeah, um, well, I thought um, staying with uh, this kind of thing. So, um, uh, well, actually, sort of we were talking about we were talking about DoorDash. Yeah. Um, so I think just eat uh, there was a very good story about just eat today um the fact that it's moving towards an hourly pay structure or offering an hourly pay structure mm. i think is is a big thing you know because obviously these um companies um like uh, deliveroo just eat uh, you know doordash um, grubhub and all the rest of them you know i think that the, the main um you know there's obviously been a, a control a lot of controversy surrounding the fact that um are the people that that uh are employed i'm trying to choose my words carefully here (laughs) are employed by these people are they classed as contractors or employees so the the argument goes that they act like employees because they kind of um you know they've got a company telling them what to do um but then they're contractors because they can work whatever hours they want. So the whole thing, and, and the thing is, is that contractors are cheaper to employ than em- employees because contractors, um, you don't have to pay holiday pay, sick pay or anything really. No, no extras. Um, and I think it's something like 20%. It costs some, I think it costs 
something like 20% more to employ uh, an employee uh, than it does to employ a contractor. So this is one of the ways that these these um, gig companies have been able to provide things at lower rates because they don't have to pay for all the extras. Um, but anyway, so this has obviously become a big um, legal um, topic mm. and uh, especially in America I mean it has been everywhere everywhere really but especially most recently in America and I, I believe that there was a recent overturning of a decision by a California court which came to the decision that um, these people were uh, employees so that was there was a big kind of um, uh, resistance from the likes of Lyft and uber and they put in tons and tons of money into lobbying and based most recently um the an, another court overturned that decision and said that they were in fact contractors and this thing is going to be just ongoing for for a while i think um the the whole contractors versus employees debate but just eat is you know is taking the initiative here and deciding to offer hourly rates it's not for everyone they're going to start off with um, a thousand workers in london um i think the the reality is um you know there are some people who would very much like to have this employee relationship with them um and would crave that and i think that that's it, it would be a real plus point for working for just eat um but then there will be others who who love who've grown to uh, get used to and love the whole, um, you know, the whole contract, the freedom of being a contractor. So I think that if they can offer two, you know, like a dual structure, um, I would have thought that that will, that will be enough to please everyone. Um, but um, it also will be interesting to see whether you see a mass exodus of Uber Eats and, and Deliveroo um, people contractors uh get you know moving over to just eats because of this this change in system because if they do then that puts much more pressure on deliveroo and uber eats and whoever else um to actually you know pony up and do the same thing yeah it's interesting isn't it how a lot of a lot of the really interesting stories the last few weeks have been about these companies that work on this kind of contractor mm. or is it employee or is it contractor sort of basis and that yeah. th those legal cases that are going on in the states um, could have massive implications. Mm. If, for example, it is almost unanimously agreed at some point that they're all employees, the knock-on effect yeah. through, like you say, a variety of industries, because it is people like it's your Uber and your Lyft from your from your taxi companies, it's your Uber Eats, your Deliveroo. Your, uh, there's a mm. massive knock-on effect. Um, but do yeah. you see then, for the time being, do you think the most the most sensible thing for just eat would be to have that dual structure and give people the, the option yeah there are people the, the other yeah, work for so. better aren't there there are like i said there are people that yeah. it each way benefits yeah i think i think i think so and actually do you know what i i i mean i <laughs> you heard it here people i think that i think that the fairest thing would to be to have a dual mm. structure you know and and for all of them and so um that way you can offer them the choice um, so rather than de deciding for everyone, you can offer them the choice um, and then everyone can get on with their lives. I think that, you know, rather than just keep going on from court to court, from appeal to appeal, you know, just go, look, let's just go. Let's just do yeah. this um, and then see what happens. Would you, would you like to work um, for us? Would you like to be self-employed? These are the benefits for both yeah. and, and you pick sort of Ex thing. Ex exactly. Exactly. Um, so I think that, that would be I think that would be the right the right thing to do. But uh, we shall see. We shall see. But um, yeah, 
the debate rate. Yeah, and like, like you said, it'll be interesting to see as, as more IPOs happen, as more court cases happen, where that ends up going and whether delivery and Uber Eats end up having having to, to buckle a bit and, and put in a dual structure as well to, to keep up and to not mm. lose market share would be interesting as well. Yeah. Certainly. Okay, right. At the start of the podcast, I touched on the fact that Thursdays are the most exciting day for commercial awareness fans. So, (laughs) (laughs) there's not not too many people wanting Um, more. Why don't don't we tell them why that is? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, five o'clock, if you go on my Instagram, I I do an Instagram live um, and uh, where I pick a few, uh, you know, themes from the week and just talk a bit about them. Um, So, it's a 30 minute call. Um, so I just pick a few themes, um, but then, you know, open it up to people in terms of, um, you know, uh, Q&A. So you can ask ask me anything and I'll do my best to answer you, uh, you know, your any of your questions. Um, uh, but, you know, but if it doesn't, if it goes short, no one asks me any questions and I leave it early. So, you know, it's it's an opportunity for you to ask me yeah, anything. The last um, weeks, there has been plenty of opportunities. Well, there's been plenty of, kind of time for that Q&A section. So it's really worth tuning in to get any questions you want answered across. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah, so that that's that. That's for that's for that's open to anyone. Um, and then, um, as usual, on, on, so on Thursdays, um, I then will uh, immediately then do a Zoom call from 5.30 to 6.30 um uh, for paying subscribers um who can um you know just tune in and i do a much more in-depth um view of what's gone on during the week and then again q a but also we have time for discussion as well which is absolutely key um for commercial awareness um you definitely need to talk about it to to embed it in your brain um so i thoroughly recommend that if you are a paying subscriber as well so there you go a, a very very exciting evening ahead then for, for, oh, absolutely well i think so anyway what happens after that is what happens after that is um i then do a call an hour zoom call for um all the watson's daily ambassadors as well so um i'm i'm literally on the phone solidly from phone or uh via the laptop for uh two, solid for two and a half hours so uh, there you go and Love as it. you just mentioned ambassadors you are about to begin a process to look for some more watson's daily ambassadors aren't you do you That's want right. to tell anyone a little bit about that um yes um so uh if people are interested um you know just just look out for stuff especially on social media because um i will be putting out information on that it's not a very it's not a massive process um, but, you know, we're looking for people who like Watson's Daily already and, and, and want to help us with uh, spreading the word um, would be great. So, um, yeah, look out for that. And, uh, yeah, in, in uh, I don't know, over social media and stuff over the next few yeah, days. It's well worth doing. You get some fantastic opportunities to get involved at whatever the depth you kind of like with, within the company, don't you? So, like, for example, me yeah. doing the podcast, you get people involved in strategy and all yeah. sorts. Of, it's, a, it's a fantastic opportunity to get really involved with with, with the company and every time you get involved your commercial awareness develops so it's fantastic i would highly recommend yeah. people applying for that if they're interested oh, thanks very much. <laughs> uh, so um anyway well i think that's 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 it for today um great a great day today um uh, so um i'll we'll just have to leave uh, yeah uh, we could talk for hours couldn't we with the with the other stuff if we scratch the surface people need Indeed. to read the rest of the read the rest of the daily newsletter to get the rest of it but it's it's yeah fantastic yeah. days with the news there 
Okay. Right. Well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. And we'll see you again tomorrow. Well, you know, we'll hear you <laughs> talk to you. Talk at, yeah. Talk to in tomorrow. your general vicinity okay. tomorrow. <laughs> thanks yeah. a lot, Peter. Yeah. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.